Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Good morning. Uh, I want to begin a new series over the course of January. And, uh, and this is a series of messages that I believe is going to not only encourage you to get on point with God, but something that is absolutely essential for you to fulfill all that God has planned for your life over the course of this year. I'm not going to pro- prophesy, behold, I do a new thing. We have a lot of that in the Jan- January 1st uh, weekend service. We always know that God is up to something new. Amen. But the key question is, is, is he up to something new in you? That's the question. Because God always wants to do something new in us. But it's often our stale, starchy, set in the way that we do things that we can often miss out. So I want to really open your hearts today to what God wants to do in and through us. So Lord, we just commit the message to you this morning. We pray which your word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Today, Lord, we pray it would pierce asunder, Lord, that which is uh, the the bone and the marrow, Lord, get to the right to the core of our being this morning. We open our hearts to you, we set aside, Lord, our issues, and we pray today, Lord, that as the word goes forth, that it would touch a part of our lives and bring forth change for the course of this year, we ask in Jesus' name. I'm sure, how many of you do a little bit of a mini review in your life at the end of a year? Can I see your hand? Cool, quite a lot of you. That's good. Some of us do it informally in our head. Some of us write screeds of pages. I do that as I review the thing, different things, and I, I actually break my reviews into categories over my life and different areas where, I, where I've um, been believing God for things. And one of the things, obviously, is you have reviewed, or if you're in the process of doing a review in January, that you'll realize is that there were some things in 2017 that didn't come to pass. Hello. Some things that, some of them you were desperate for them to come to pass, but they never happened. And they obviously, there were some great things that did happen. Praise God. How many had some great things happen in 2017? Some good things happened. You know, I know some of you started businesses from scratch, and man, you know, the first 12 to 18 months is make it or break it time in a new business, and God has been with you, and God has blessed you as you've stepped out in faith, and that's great, but you know, God is a God of more. He always has more in store. His plans are exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, according to Ephesians 3.20. That means even your wildest imaginations of what God could do for you, depending on your perception of who he is. Is he a good God in your mind or is he a cruel, miserly, screwed, McScrooge God? Or is he a God of abundance and overflowing blessing in your mind? But whatever you can imagine today, I want to tell you that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that today. And friends, the truth and the harsh reality is that some of the things that didn't happen for you and I last year didn't happen because we were too weak. Too weak. Now some of that's going to irk 
and irritate some of you this morning because we all understand how weak we are. But some things didn't happen because we didn't hang in there long enough. We didn't hang in there tight enough. We didn't step up to the moment that God presented to us right at that point in time where things could have shifted and moved ahead in a much better way. Some of us allowed the weakness of our flesh to overrule situations. Some of us, we weren't mentally tough enough in order to get to where God wanted to shift us to. And maybe some of us had some attitude difficulties that short-circuited our power board and caused us to miss out in different areas. You see, this is what I've discovered about God. We all know Proverbs 29 verse 18 that says, without a vision, the people, another translation says that they dwell carelessly or they cast off restraint. It's amazing. A vision actually brings restraints about your life so that it brings focus. So it brings clarity. So you know where you're going with your life. And if you don't have a vision, then you're, you're sure you're aim, you can aim anywhere and you're sure to hit it. But not the places that God has called you to, to be. So what I've understood about my life and the ministry is simply this. Is that vision is essential, but it's not enough. To achieve vision, we need strength. We need to be tough mentally. We need to be able to overcome the weaknesses of our flesh. Putting it bluntly, we need to be stronger. And that's what I want to talk to us about over the course of January this month. Listen to the words of this song written by a pastor called Dave Hind. You can put it up on screen this morning, Sue. So many lost casualties on the journey. Some who once ran strong, now gone, where did they go wrong? How we need your grace, how we need your strength, please carry me. Tragedies on the road, on the journey, some who turn and choose another path and lose their way. And oh, without your grace, we can't make it on our own, please carry me. To finish strong, to not lose the way is my greatest desire. To speak your name with my final breath will be my finest hour. Please don't let me run if I've not learned to walk. Don't let me shout if I've not learned to talk. I never want to leave the way. It's not how you start, how fast you run, but finish the race. It's not if you win, if you try, but pass the test. Your grace, it helps us to stand. We finish in your arms. Please carry me. Don't give me riches. Don't give me poverty. Give me my daily bread. Don't give me fame if it means I will lose you. I long, I crave my passion to finish strong. Maybe it's time for us to realize this morning that we need a strength and a resilience from God in order to run our race and cross the finish line. Remember, it's not how you start that counts. We all know plenty of ministries that went up like a skyrocket in a blaze of glory only to end up in a bed of ashes. It's not how you start the race, it's how you finish the race. 
And you see, this is what I've also discovered is that God will provide us all through the seasons of our life with what I call strength builders. Strength builders. Seasons of building spiritual muscle that will cause you and I to grow stronger. And we need to learn to recognize what those seasons are. You know why? Because when they first turn up, they look like hell itself. And we've got to discover and understand that these are opportunities for us to be built up and to grow strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Joel 3.10, key scripture for this series says this. Let the weak say, You know, sometimes we get the revelation of our weakness. We don't actually need to look hard. (laughs) We're all weak in our own strength. But friends, we've got to learn to understand this. It's not let the weak say I'm weak. It's let the weak say I am strong. This is the will of God for your life. The will of God for your life is that you will say and be able to declare over your life, I am strong, that I have strength, that God has placed within me some things over the course of my life where I've learned to be the son and the daughter of the Most High God that he has called me to be, to be strong in us and through us. And if we only embrace the first half of this scripture, let the weak say, that I'm weak, will never fulfill the call of God over our life. We will be forever wavering. We will be forever fearful. We will be forever shamed through our behavior because we know that we're built for more, that we're built for more than this. Can you say an amen today? You know, Jesus didn't die for you and I to stay weak. Come on now. He died to make us strong. And through the cross of Jesus Christ, through his substitution, your weakness is to be transitioned into his strength in your life. So let the weak say, I am strong this morning. You know, in the book of Joshua, in the first chapter, four times, God says, be strong, be courageous. He goes on to say, be very courageous. That is the call over our lives, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might today, church. You know, there's no way that you and I can enter the fullness of our destiny without strength and courage operating within our life. Phil Pringle wrote a book on the 10 qualities of a great leader. It's a great book. But he made one profound statement in that book, and this is what he said. The strong can do what the weak cannot. Hello? The strong can do what the weak cannot. Just let that settle in your spirit for for a moment. And what he's really pointing out is the blindingly obvious truth, which we so often forget, and that's this, is that the strong will resist what the weak won't. The strong will resist what the weak won't won't. Hmm. It's gone very quiet in this uh, first church of the frigid air this morning. You see, the strong keep going, but the weak give up. 
The strong resist temptation, the weak give in to temptation. The strong remain in a place of peace, while the weak stumble, they're thrown off the scent, and they fall by the wayside. The strong turn up, but the weak give up. The strong are prepared to carry heavy weights, while the weak drop their responsibilities. The strong will control their emotions while the weak are overcome by stress. The strong will draw meekness and humility out of their souls. But listen to this, the weak are often overcome by their own ego, approval addictions, and selfish ambitions. I'll say that again. The strong draw meekness and humility out of their soul where the Spirit of the Lord is, while the weak are overcome by their ego, they're overcome by approval addictions and selfish ambitions. Because we know all of those things are signs of weakness. Even to the world, they seem like signs of strength. But in the end, they will take that man, that woman down. The strong don't dwell on issues they can't change. What's the point? But the weak are often overcome by regret, shame, and the disapproval of others around them. The strong will break through. They'll make a way. They'll clear a way. They'll advance. The strong will improve. They'll update. They'll embrace change. While the weak will hide, searching for the path of least resistance, the path of least cost to their personal lives, and the path of least pain. I told you when I come to a challenging message in the first weekend of January. Today, don't worry, it's going to get better. If you feel like you've just been hit between the eyes, okay, just shake yourself. Shake yourself. Come on, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Okay, and let's go this morning. But I tell you what, friends, I don't want to be weak anymore when God's called me to be strong, and neither should you. He's called us to be strong people, to be strong men strong woman. And you know when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about being strong in your own strength. We're talking about be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Let the weak say, hallelujah this morning. You know, here's what the weak says, what it says about the weak in the thesaurus. Thesaurus means like-minded words. It says, this is what it means to be weak. Breakable, delicate. Are you delicate this morning? Oh, he's a delicate soul. (laughs) Sickly. Unwell. Invalid. This is the the dictionary. This isn't me. Come on. Ineffective. Unsound. Wavering. Unstable. Irresolute. Fluctuating. (laughs) Flimsy. Flimsy. Flimsy and delicate kind of go together, don't they? Flimsy, delicate. Poor. Who wants to be poor? <laughs> I tell you what, friends, there's no, there's no glory in dwelling in poverty. And I'm not spouting the millionaire gospel. 
But I'm telling you that God has a set of provision for each and every one of your lives to fulfill the call of God. You need more money. You need more resources. You need more of God within your life. You need more spirituality. You need the riches of his grace within your life to fulfill the call of God. You need to be stronger. I need to be stronger this morning in the Lord. Well, the same thesaurus says this about strong, mighty, sturdy. Brawny. <laughs> Sinewy. <laughs> Muscular. And all the men said, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> And some woman. <laughs> Stout. Potent. Ooh. He's a potent person potent, capable, efficient, valiant, brave, bold, persuasive, impressive, steady, firm, secure, unwavering, resolute, resilient. There's some synonyms for the word mighty, the word strong today. You know, here's the truth in the Bible. Many of the heroes of the faith started out on the first list, but ended up on the second list. Something took place in their life that took them from a position of weakness where they had a revelation from God that they could live life on earth, not wallowing in their weakness, but being supported by heaven in the strength of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when Jesus walked into the wilderness, he'd just been baptized, immersed, filled to overflowing by the power of the Holy Ghost. And for 40 days and nights, he fasted. For 40 days and nights, he was resisted by the devil. He was tempted by the devil. And yet he didn't cave in. He wasn't a wimp. He stood up in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit because it's how you start is important. And he knew starting his ministry that if he was going to get licked by the devil at the beginning, the devil was going to have it over him for the rest of his ministry days. He walked in the strength and in the power of the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. So I've entitled this message today, and it's not a long message. Preachers should never say that. But this is the title of this message. It's simply this. Don't run from resistance. Strength comes from somewhere. Friends, it doesn't just drop out of the sky. Hello? Strength comes from somewhere. It is carefully and purposefully developed in you and in me. So the first point is this. Resistance is necessary. Resistance is essential. What is resistance? It's that moment when you push back against something that is pushing against you. That's what resistance is. When you push back against something that is pushing against you. How are muscles developed, friends? Resistance. I'm just looking around the room to see if there's any of you that have actually had some recent resistance. A bodybuilder can start off looking like me, a wimp. 
And if they go to the gym four or five times a week and they start on lighter weights, when they first start, because you remember the first time you ever went to the gym and you saw somebody pushing like 50 kgs on each end, end of the bar as they were doing the bench press and you thought, sweatless, I can do that. So you go there, you lie down on the bench press and you get one up. You're just about bursting a blood vessel. And on that first push, on that first rep, this is what you realize, that the resistance is too great for what you've got developed here on your biceps. In other words, the weight coming against you was too strong. And so you need to start on a lighter resistance level that's still going to hurt, but it's going to build your muscles over a period of time. You cannot grow muscle unless you have resistance. And in the same in the natural, in the spiritual, you can't grow spiritual strength in your life unless you're prepared to go through resistance. Can I hear an amen this morning? That's why when we talk about somebody being weak-willed, why is that person so weak-willed? Do you know why they're so weak-willed, friends? They're weak-willed because every time a challenge comes their way, instead of resisting, instead of standing up in the strength that God has given to you, we cave in and we are overcome. And the thing about being a strong-willed person is this. And I mean it in the right way, strong willed in terms of fulfilling the call of God over your life is this, is that to build strength in your will, then you have to learn to overcome those temptations as they come against your life one at a time. You have to learn to push back against the resistance that's pushing against your life. And eventually this is what happens. You're no longer caving in. You're no longer giving in to the lust of your flesh. You're no longer allowing those things to overcome your life because you're growing strength, spiritual muscles within your heart and within your life. I think of it like this. David is 15 or 16 years old. God's hand is upon his life. He's the youngest in the family. All of his older brothers are in the army. And his father sends him to look after the sheep. He's only a young, he's, a, he's, a, he's in his mid-teens. He's a teenager. But God gave him some responsibility. And this is how strength is formed. Strength is formed in our life when we come up under the weight of responsibility. You will only ever grow as a leader as far as you're willing to carry the weight of responsibility. That's why people will hit a ceiling within their life as a leader because they get to a certain point and suddenly they've hit a ceiling. They can't cope with any more responsibility because the weight of resistance is too strong and they end up getting stressed. They end up throwing in the towel. Well, you know what? The bear came against David and he defeated the bear. The lion came to try and steal his sheep and he killed the lion. You know what was happening within young David's life? Even as a teenager, God was growing strength within him because there was about to come a bigger challenge down the track. And only came a couple of years later when he's standing there and he's seeing this giant man, nearly 10 foot tall, insulting the people of Israel, cursing them, swearing, using the Lord's name in vain. And he's so angry. 
He says, isn't there a man that will come and fight this giant? And in the end, what happens is that somebody else tried to put their armor on David and he said, I can't fight with that. I've got to fight with what God's trained me to do. What has God trained in you? What has God put within you? You see, it didn't seem like much. It was a stone and a sling. And with a stone and a sling, he ran to the battle. This young boy against this giant that had everybody else paralyzed in fear. And he ran. Why did he run? Because he was strong in the Lord. And God was preparing him. And we think that Goliath was the greatest challenge in David's life. Do you know what? God was preparing him for an even greater challenge. And that challenge was the jealousy of an insane, mentally unstable king called Saul. Whose own son was blood brothers with this boy David. And yet he tried to kill him. Many times, and David was a fugitive for around 10 years, he ran from this insane king. You see, friends, what we don't realize is this, is that there's always going to be challenges coming our way in life. Always. We will never have a challenge-free life. That's fantasy land. The real world is that there are roller coaster challenges waiting for you over the year 2018. And the only one you're going to beat those challenges, the only way is by becoming stronger. Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, Joseph grew strong in jail for a crime he never committed. Moses grew strong. By being a farmer in the desert for 40 years, God was preparing him to lead a people, a, a people numbering 3 million in total to out of Egypt and into the promised land. Gideon grew strong whilst hiding away in the wine press, seeing his nation go through defeat after defeat as every year the Midianites came and plundered the crops. And you know what, Gideon, he's a great reminder to us because Gideon was saying this, how come we're so weak, God? If you want a paraphrase version, this is what Gideon was saying. How come we're always so weak? Every year we get plundered. Every year we get ripped off. Every year we can't stand up for ourselves. Come on. Every year the same problem in my flesh keeps defeating me. That problem of anger, that problem of jealousy, that problem of lust, it keeps coming back to bite me and I can't seem to overcome it. And Gideon went on to say, we've read the stories about you, God, how strong you are. Where are you? I want to ask you the question, where is that God of strength in your life today? Because I want to tell you, he's right here in the room. And he's waiting for your response, for him to pour his strength into your life this morning. Even Jesus himself. In Luke 2.40, Jesus grew and became strong. Wow. Wasn't he perfect? No, he was a baby who grew through boyhood into teenage life and into manhood. And the Bible says that even Jesus himself had to learn how to grow strong. He grew and became strong. And he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Let the weak say, friends, I am strong this morning. The second point I want to make this morning is that resistance, it's like a divine catapult in your life. 
You know, have you ever had that feeling where sometimes you feel I'm being held back? Ah, oh, the boss is holding me back. He keeps promoting other people in front of me. You know? Um, or where we feel that there is that one person that keeps resisting us all the time. And we may feel that we're overlooked. We may feel at times that we've been forgotten. Maybe criticized or even dishonored or corrected continuously. But actually, friends, I want to tell you this. When your life starts moving backwards, you know what's happening? Like a catapult, God is pulling you back in his pouch and he's preparing to let you go, to send you out into his purposes. So it might seem today like you're going backwards, but I want to tell you something. He's preparing you to catapult you out into the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. Paul put it like this in Romans 5. We glory in our sufferings. Wow, that's a statement right there, isn't it? We glory in our sufferings. Not we glory in our victories. We glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. I don't know about you, I don't enjoy suffering. And I've yet to meet somebody that actually does. Often when we feel the immediate touches of suffering on our life, we want to run a million miles in the opposite direction. But God will use these things, as Paul has said, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. How do you know if you can last the trial if you're not prepared to hang in there? Suffering, if you're prepared to hang in there with God, will produce the ability for you to persevere and get to the other side. Now, I just want to qualify this. That doesn't mean that God is the author of bad things, because my Bible tells me that God cannot, and it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to sin. God will not send you bad things to strengthen you, but I tell you what he will do. In the midst of those bad things, he will take every opportunity for your cooperation to build strength in your life and to make you stronger. Amen? In other words, he'll use all things that work together for your good and for my good as long as we hold his hand and carry in there. Lastly this morning, understand... Understand there's the path of right resistance and there's the path of least resistance. Aim for the path of right resistance. We all want to, and it's great at times to get a break from what can seem like endless trials and troubles in our lives. But realize these opportunities and moments of resistance that we face, they are making you stronger. They're building spiritual muscle in your life. So, what does that mean? Well, there's the path of right resistance and there's the path of least resistance. So, if it's the path of right resistance in 2018, don't be too easy on yourself in prayer. Get up earlier. I, look, we all know today that we live under the grace of God. 
I'm, I'm just sensing in the room today, this is a bit of a challenging message for some of us. But understand this, you're never going to grow past your ability to sit at the feet of Jesus, to read the word of God. Don't take the path of least resistance, which means that you pick up your Bible one day in seven and that's the day that you come to church. Take the path of right resistance, which means, man, I have to get out of bed another half hour earlier. Because you know why? Morning time is the least distracted time on anyone's calendar. Before everybody else gets up in their day, why don't you choose the path of tougher resistance and get up that half an hour earlier to meet with God? I was up at 4.30 this morning. And that's not just to spiritually boast, but I know this. I'll never be able to continually grow in the Lord unless I get my carcass out of bed earlier where there's no distractions where I can meet with Jesus and spend time with Him. Don't be too easy in your relationships. Learn to say, sorry. Aviv, learn to say, sorry. We had to say sorry a couple of times over the holidays. Yes, we did. Yeah. Who said it first? Oh. <laughs> you know, don't be lazy with your finance. Take the path of right resistance. Learn to be a giver and not a taker. I'm not talking about just giving to the house of God. Learn to be generous. Learn to, it's more blessed to, than to receive. Learn to be a blessor in your relationship. You've been blessed in order to be a blessing. That's the Abrahamic covenant. You know, so don't be lazy with your finance. Don't be lazy with your witnessing. This one trips me up. You know, sometimes I'll think to myself, when was the last time? It was a few weeks ago that I actually shared Jesus with somebody. Ask Pray. Why don't you pray over 2018 for a conversation a day where you can talk to somebody. I'm not talking about bashing them over the head with the Bible. I'm talking about engaging with someone on spiritual realities and beginning to open their heart to spiritual truths. Amen? Let's choose to be stretched. Let's choose to, to run the path of right, right resistance, not least resistance. Let's choose to grow in prayer. Let's choose to grow in f- 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 fasting. How many of you love fasting? Can I see your hand this morning? Prayer and? They go together in the Bible. Prayer and fasting. And so, you know, don't be easy on yourself. Ask yourself the question today. When was the last time you did an intentional fast? When's the last time you missed a meal for the express purpose of drawing near to God so that he can draw near to you and start showing you and revealing you some things? Because there's without a shadow of a doubt, friends, when you get into a fast, you only need to be in it for a couple of days and your spiritual antenna are picking up new things from the throne room of God. Because you know why? You're not distracted by the meal table. You're not distracted by food all around you because you've chosen instead of to eat to pray. And as you pray, then God begin to speak into your life today. I told you it was going to be a challenge this morning. I love this. You know, a, a Zulu tradition lets the young men 
sleep right on the edge of the camp where all the wild animals lurk at night. And so when a visitor to the Zulu camp asked the chief, why do you put the young men right on the verge of the camp? And he simply responded this, and he says, to keep them brave. To keep them brave. Sometimes we actually need to keep ourselves brave by putting ourselves out where it is uncomfortable instead of taking the path of least resistance, the easy life, the life that has no cost, with it, the comfortable life, but rather choose a path where there is going to be resistance, but it's the right kind of resistance. It's the resistance that you're growing. You're growing as a son and a daughter of God. Friends, my flesh loves the easy life. And your flesh does too. It loves the easy life. Easy prayer. Easy study. Easy giving. Easy attendance. Loves the easy life. The comfortable life. Show me anywhere in the scriptures where Jesus lived the easy life. If we want to be like Jesus, he was committed. A great Mark's gospel says this. A great while before day, Jesus went up to the mountain to You know what happened? All of his fans and followers were running around. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? We can't find him. Where's Jesus? Do you know why he went up the mountain to pray? To get away from all that stuff. He went up there because he knew it was was a path of resistance to get up earlier than everybody else. But when he got up there, he spent time with the Father. And you know what Jesus' motto in life was? He says, I do nothing except the Father shows me. And so he got his orders for the day while everybody else was running around wanting a piece of him. He was focused, a laser-like focus because he chose to get up earlier. I conclude with this verse from James 1.12. says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Friends, do you realize this morning there are crowns waiting? Who's going to receive them? According to the scripture, let's have a look at it. Who's going to receive them? Those who have stood the test. Those who have pressed back against what was pressing against them, the resistance, as they have pushed back, they've stood the test. There is a crown of life promised by the Lord for those who are prepared to push through the other stuff. Now, friends, I just want to say this today. At the outset of this year, Hurt people hurt people. Sometimes without intention, you and I, because of the hurts that we've taken, those things that have happened within our lives that we never planned, they just came out of the blue. They, it was like getting whacked over the head with a four by two. We didn't see it coming. It happened to us. And, and, and we're hurt. And we haven't resolved our hurt. We haven't dealt with our hurt. And this is what happens when you haven't dealt with your hurt. 
you'll end up inevitably hurting other people because you're carrying something in your spirit that God wants to heal you with. And we all, we all go through this. We've all been through seasons in life where, where those things have, they're like grit that have stuck in our spirit and they're like sandpaper and we can't seem to get rid of them. And as a result, we continually find the weakness and our flesh overruling our desires. Now, if I ask you to put your hand up today, say, how much all of those that desire to, to be productive and effective in the Lord this year, we'd all put our hands up today, all of us. But it's more than desire. It's strength. It's God's strength built purposefully over every day of your life that is going to cause you to fulfill the destiny and the purpose and the call of God in your life in cooperation with the Holy Spirit who is in you. Let the weak say, I am strong today. Could we stand to our feet this morning, please? Because we're all weak, in our flesh today. I'm okay, Pete. I'm all right. Because I'm, we're all weak in our flesh today, friends. We all have a common bond in this room. And that is, is that we struggle with certain issues in our life. And if 2018 is going to be a year that is going to cause you to fulfill the destiny God has called over your life, then God's overcoming strength needs to be traded for your weakness and my weakness this morning. So I'm, what I feel to do this morning is we get altered on the altar. The Holy Spirit is allowed access into our hearts when we give Him permission. And this morning you may be feeling incredibly weak weak-willed, overcome. You're thinking, flip, Pastor James, you describe me to a T. I'm always taking the path of least resistance. I don't want to pay any cost. I don't want to pay any price. Maybe that's not you at all. Maybe this morning it's different for you. Maybe it's just that there's something, that piece of grit that's stuck in your spirit that God wants to minister to this morning. He just wants to heal you of that today. Maybe there's a relationship that you have this morning. And that relationship right now, is just, it's not looking good for the year. And God wants to pour his strength into that relationship. He wants you, it's not just our personal lives. He wants to strengthen our relationships this morning. Do you have a relationship that needs God's strength this morning? If any of these apply to you this morning, I'd love to invite you right now to step forward and come out for prayer. I'm going to ask the prayer team just to come. It's a very simple process, friends. We present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. He comes and he begins to minister. Maybe there's a goal within your life this year where you say, I'm not going to let that thing defeat me again and again and again this year. I'm going to overcome. 